Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All righty. So, I entitled this Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 1 through 14. We're only going to do for the first half of the chapter, why is the house of God forsaken? So, uh, if you remember in the book, when we left chapter 12, everything was going great. Now, if someone was going to write this as a story for Hollywood, if someone was going to write this as a book, they would have ended it on chapter 12. Uh, that that would have been your Hollywood ending but we have chapter 13 and that's why I love the Bible because the Bible you see real people real places real events and real messes and because that's what we are sometimes and and so what we have happened is Nehemiah has been gone for so there's a a, a period of of um, change that has happened so there's been about 10 to 12 years now remember nehemiah was the governor for some period and then he goes back to be uh the cupbearer for the king Artaxerxes. so he goes back to his his regular gig uh serving king Artaxerxes, and um he returns to jerusalem it's been about 10 to 12 years is what's estimated and and what has happened is that revival has run its course and that's what revivals do. Revival will bring people, and, and you'll see, you know, one of the things I always hear is the Jesus movement, the Jesus movement. And, and that, those things are important. You know, revival is important, but Calvary Chapel has to stop looking back to the Jesus movement and start looking forward to the next revival uh, and doing the things that we've been called to do for revival. Uh, there are different seasons in our lives, just like we see here in chapter 13. Uh, they're, they're in a down period. They've, they've had 10 years, and they've kind of backslidden a little bit. And we're going to see this as we jump into the chapter. But one thing that I do love about this, this, um, this chapter is it's, it's a reminder that you can make everything look perfect around you. So remember, the walls are built, the city's 10 years now, so the city's been filled. Or, or, you know, and, and yet they're spiritually, the walls have come down. So, physically everything looks good, but spiritually, in here, the walls have come down. And, and so, uh, as we look at it, just, to, you know, just a reminder, you know, um, one of the problems that they have, and we're going to talk about that this weekend, on Sunday as we get into the book of Mark chapter 3 and we'll we'll go ahead and finish up chapter 3 this this weekend but one of the things that we see is is when you have a mixed multitude and a mixed multitude is when you allow foreign gods foreign uh, beliefs into the congregation of Israel it always caused problems because they bring their idols and their sin and they pull people away and we're going to talk about all of that 
What I love is chapter, chapter 13 shows us five things, and we'll look at a couple of those tonight. Uh, we'll see the concern that Nehemiah has. We have the, the confession, the commitment, and the courage, and the caution. But what we're going to see first is that concern that he has for the people of Israel, for the nation of Israel, for uh, the, the children of Israel. As we see in Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 1, it says, On that day... They read from the book of, of Moses in the hearing of the people. And in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever enter the assembly. I'm going to bend this a little bit. I'm used to this being a different way at the other church. That's one thing, man. I, I miss you, Court, because uh, and, and all the help that we have at the, at the church because we get so used to being able to... Uh, uh, to do things a certain way and change is good for us because this doing this this way has been different. So, uh, real quick, where am I at? Because that's probably one of the questions that you have. Uh, I'm actually at Grace Calvary Chapel. They have their VBS that's going on uh, from five, uh, from six o'clock to nine o'clock. I'm giving all the wrong times, and and so uh, from six o'clock to nine o'clock all this week, and so. My wife is serving, and, and also our, uh, the kids from Calvary Chapel Divine are actually attending uh, VBS here. And, and, so, uh, and so it's been a real blessing. So I had, I, I, we're not meeting at our, our normal meeting place uh, there in Divine tonight. So we're just doing online. So that's why I, I came here, because my house is, I got five kids and four grandkids, and there's always noise, so it's always hard to record things in the house. So I was like, I need to run up to the church, and 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 so I asked Joe, hey, can I borrow the church and and teach my my sermon for the night? So that's why we're here. So one of the things that we see in Nehemiah 13 is they they Nehemiah goes to the Word of God. He uh, one of the things I love here is that it, it says on that day they read from the book of Moses, right? So reading the word should actually be something that we do on a daily ba basis. It's actually uh, not just reading it, but actually looking at application to live it out because uh, it guides, it, it directs, it, it convicts, it, it corrects, and, and, and even does so much more. And, and that's how we hear from the Lord is through his word. And so the first thing that we have happen here is we have concern. We have concern because Nehemiah is, is reading. They read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people. And in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever enter the assembly. Now, that goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 3 through 6. It, it says this. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord, right? So that's pretty, pretty straightforward. Even the tenth generation, none of them may, uh, may enter the assembly of the Lord forever because they did not meet you with bread, with water uh, on the way when you came out of Egypt because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, uh, from Pethor uh, of Mesopotamia to curse you. But the Lord your God will not listen to Balaam Instead, the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. You shall not seek their peace of their prosperity all your days forever. And so one of the things that we need to talk about is who are the Ammonites and who are the Moabites. Uh, real quickly, just briefly, 
the the Ammonites and the Moabites are actually from the incestuous relationship of Lot. They're 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 Lot's from Lot's daughters, and that goes back in Genesis chapter 19 verses 37 through 38. And so, uh, sadly, what we see is the uh, the people of Moab. And this is from actually Warren Worsby, so I want to read this to you so you get this, because it's important. It says, The Moabites who lived just east of the Dead Sea and the Ammonites who occupied the countryside north of Moab were both tribes related by blood to Abraham as they descend from their nephew Lot. Uh, but given the insensuous origins of Moab and Am Amnon, we're not surprised that, that contact with these people often brought much trouble to the people of Israel. And led a lot of the, the children of Israel into sin. Moab led Israel into Baal worship on, on its way to Canaan back in Numbers chapter 25 verses 1 through 3. And the Ammonites actually uh, and the Moabites hired Balaam to curse Israel as they journeyed towards the promised land. And so we see why. Now, now God has said they're not allowed. And yet, what has happened? They've allowed it. They've, they've had this backslidden uh, behavior. And it took about 10 to 12 years for that to happen. And one of the things I want you to think about is 10 to 12 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago, where were you at in your faith? Right? Were, were you, are you still on fire the way you were when you first came to the Lord? Like, some followers, they've been walking for 20, 25 years, and that fire starts becoming just a little amber. And we should be hungry to do uh, the things of the Lord in obedience and walking with the Lord, uh, regardless of how long we've been with Jesus as a follower. And unfortunately, what's happened, it only took about 10 to 12 years for uh, for the people of Jerusalem to uh, to fall and backslide. It said in verse 2, and For they did not meet the people of the Israel with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them to curse them, yet our God turned their curse into blessing. So one of the things we see is it's, again, referring back to Deuteronomy chapter 23. It's, it's referring back to that verse. It's, it's saying, hey, this is what God's word is says and we're going to talk about this because when we talk about what nehemiah does sometimes we have to stand up and say hey this is what the word of god says and what you're doing is wrong and 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 one of the things i love is when people think that they can curse israel right or or they believe that they can uh you know affect the people of of uh of god uh, through cursing, uh, we see that many times that those cursings turn into blessing. You know, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, we remember Joseph, right? Joseph is thrown into slavery. It's thrown, is sold into slavery by his brothers who wanted to kill him. And, and we see in verse 20, it says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today if it wasn't for Moses if it wasn't for Joseph in that position right God put him in that position and he went through all those trials and tribulations and suffering but I love what it says it says it, it was meant for good it ended up saving so many of the people 
through those, those wicked actions. And God took that cursing, that curse, and blessed it. And, he, and, and same thing for us. That's why he says, and, you know, he tells them in that verse that, you know, you meant to, you meant to curse them, but God turned them into a blessing. And, and it says in verse 3, as soon as the people heard the law, so they hear the word, they separated from Israel all those of foreign descent. So now what we have is we had concern. Now we have confession and commitment. So now we have confession and commitment because now they hear the word of the law. It's convicted them. And now they're going to separate from the foreigners. Because that's what the law says. In Genesis chapter 21 verses 12 through 13 it says, But God said to Abram, be not be uh, be not displeased because the boy I'm talking about Ishmael, uh, and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah said to you, do as she tells you. For though, through Isaac shall your offspring be named, and I will make a nation of the son of of the slave woman, also because he is your offspring. So what we see is this would not have been easy for Abraham to to say goodbye to Ishmael, but God said. And you go, but wait, Sarah said, no, but it says in that verse, but God said. And what did Abraham do? He did exactly what God had told him to do. It needed to be dealt with. It needed to go. And that's the same thing with us. Is we need to understand, you know, that again, she was a foreign woman. She was a slave woman from Egypt. And, and so, you know, at the end of the day, they, they, what happens is when we don't allow God's word to direct our lives and instruct us, we, we begin to, to separate with the world. We begin to, to, uh, to be conformed to the world, you know. And so that's one of the reasons why we, we need to make sure that we not just read the word of God, but we live the word of God. They hear it. And they live it. They heard it and they separated themselves from the foreigners. They, they're, this is wrong. This is what God's word says. This is wrong. That's what you always wish to happen with people. But a lot of times they won't separate themselves. But at least you let them know, hey, this is what God's word says. And, and that's a hard place to be because a lot of times we want to be able to to comfort somebody or to 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 soften that blow and we're going to talk about that this weekend uh, you have to you have to be able to say what needs to be said and sometimes that's really hard uh and and be, but you need to be truthful you need to you need to use god's word and, and his truth and be loving because you don't want somebody to be conformed to the world you know to be pulled away to the culture because that's what it was happening they had allowed the Ammonites and, and the Moabites to pull them into sin in Numbers chapter 11 verses 4 through 6 it says now the rabble now I had to look that up because I was like what is a rabble well actually the rabble is the mixed multitude out of Egypt so as they're wandering and, and moving out of Egypt and moving into the desert the rabble in Numbers chapter 11 verse 4 says that that was among them had a strong craving. So the mixed multitude, the foreigners, 
were having a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again. So they drew Israel into being upset because what did they do? They started looking back to Egypt. Oh, that we had meat to eat, right? Remember the fish we ate in, the, in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up. And there is nothing at all but this manna you uh, manna to look at. Now, this is the effect that the culture will have on you. This is the effect by you hanging around people who do not believe in God. People who, who don't take your, your relationship with Jesus serious. They will pull you away and, and cause you to backslide. It, it, it happens. And in 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be, don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. You can't make a bunch of unbelievers your constant intimate people that you hang out with. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start to cozy up to their thoughts and their teachings of the world and the way that the culture sees things. And next thing you know, you start questioning your God in your relationship with Christ and you start doing things you thought you would never do and that's why that's why that this is such a serious offense to have the Ammonites and the Moabites among them and we have examples when foreigners actually walk away and are blessed because we have Ruth right and Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 through 18 it says but Ruth said do not Urge me to leave you or, or to return from you, following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but uh, death parts from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. And so she is a Moabite and she is renouncing all of her idolatry, all of the, the things that they believed as Moabites. And she's saying, I embrace who God is and I want him to be my own. And so Ruth was saying, I'm, I'm done with that. I want the God of Israel. And see, God will bless that. And he did. He did. In verse 4, Nehemiah chapter 13, it says, Now Elyashim, uh, the, the priest who was appointed over the chambers of the house of our God, who was related to Tobiah, okay? Related. Prepared for Tobiah a large chamber where they had previously put the grain offering, the frankincense, the vessels, and the tithes of the grain, wine, and oil, which were given by the commandment to the Levites, singers, and gatekeepers, and the con contributor and the contributions for the priest. Now, Eliashib El El is actually the high priest. We know that back in Nehemiah chapter three, verse one, right? He was there when they rose up with the brothers and the priest, and they built the sheep gate. Okay, but it says that they were relatives, right? We also see that in Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10 that Tobiah was what? An Ammonite. And Tobiah is actually staying in the temple, which is no. 
the high priest, through the relationship that he has with this Ammonite, with this foreigner, has allowed sin into the temple. And it's, it, 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 we just read the law of Moses says you can't do that. And yet the high priest, the one who's supposed to be making the right decisions, is not because he's compromised. He's compromised. And we know that, you know, that they're related. Um, and, and we know that they're not supposed to be uh, married to a foreigner. And yet they did. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You want to you wanna suck up to this culture? You're going to be an enemy of God. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, we, we walk with the Lord. And, and we need to be very careful with the company that surrounds us. And that includes, and this is very important, because he was the high priest. And you think, how did the high priest allow this to happen? How did he allow this compromise? How did he go against God's word? He did the opposite. Ten to twelve years and Tobias staying in a four-star hotel in the temple. Right? And, and sadly, this compromise is affecting not only, and this is why sin is such an important thing, is it's affecting the worship. So all those other things, the frankincense and the vessels and the tithes and the grain, the wine, uh, the wine and the oil, and all the Levites and the singers and the gatekeepers, all the things that were supposed to provide for them so they could do the work of the temple have now not been done because Tobiah through his relationship with Eliashib, the high priest, is living in the temple. And, and, and so there's two things that we need to ask ourselves. Like, if, if you're around somebody, and this is very important, now, you need to be very careful when you're around the Tobias of the world. Those are unbelievers. Those are people who are not following Jesus. You need to be very careful the way you limit your time and the way you spend time with them because it will cause you to compromise. The other thing, if, if you have a high priest like El Yashib, I'm going to get that out right every time I hope. El Yashib, uh, if you have somebody that's a Christian that is doing wrong, uh, you, you need to confront that brother and tell him, hey man, what you're doing, this is not what God's called us to do. And if he wants to continue doing that, you need to, you need to pray for that brother from afar. Uh, you, you, you can take another brother with you or another, another sister with you and say, hey, this thing that you're doing is, is wrong. And if they still decide to keep doing it, and this is what I can't understand is you have the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, all of this, and none of them went to go talk to the high priest. None of them stood up and said, hey, this is wrong. There are times when you're going to have to stand up, and you need to be very careful about who you're hanging out with. If you have a Christian that started going back to the bars again, started going back to drinking again, 
you need to be very careful because what happens is they want to draw you into their thing because they don't feel so bad about their compromise and their sin. And you, if you're not careful, you'll get pulled with them. And I've seen many people that have started off going to a club to, for a birthday party, and next thing you know, they're back there the next week drinking. Back there the next week drinking, and, and it's compromise. And they're followers of Christ. You know, we expect that from the Tobias of the world. But we don't expect that from the, the high priest. And, 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 and sadly, we'll, we'll, as we go further into this chapter, we'll talk about that and, and talk about how the hardness of the heart. We learned that in Mark chapter, chapter 3 as we learned about the hard heart, the calloused heart of the, of the chief priest. But what it was affecting, it's actually affecting the contribution of the priest. It says in verse 6, it says, While this was taking place, I was not in Jerusalem. So here's, he's given a backstory here. While this was taking in place, I was not in Jerusalem for the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon. I went to the king, and after some time I asked to leave the king and came to Jerusalem. And then I discovered the evil that Eliashib had done for Tobiah, preparing for him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. Now, this takes courage, right? We talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the confession. And we talked about the, you know, at the end of the day, we talked about the commitment. And we talked about, you know, the concern. But now the courage is going to step in because this is who Nehemiah is. Nehemiah is going to say, hey, this thing that you're doing, it's evil. It's evil. He calls it for what it is. It's displeasing to God. This thing you're doing is displeasing to God. It goes against God's word. And you can't, when you're confronting someone, this is very important because a lot of times what we want to do is we want to just kind of gently, you know, you need to let them know, hey, this is what God's word says. And, and, and I, 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 can't, I can't sugarcoat this. You're, you need the truth. Because you've compromised. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him. In spirit of gentleness, keep watch on yourselves lest you be tempted. <laughs> you see what that says? Keep watch of yourself lest you be tempted. Don't get drawn into their stuff. You need to tell them, hey, this thing that you're doing is wrong. And this is what God's word says. This is what God's Word says. You know, there's Phineas. Phineas actually deals with evil. And, and, and we see it in Numbers chapter 20, 25, verse 1. It says, When Israel lived in, in, in uh, Shechem, uh, the people began to whore their, with the daughters of Moab. And an Israelite man would dare to march. In, in, in Numbers 25, 6, he marched the Midianite girlfriend in the camp in front of in front of God like touting it in front of God and he knew what the law was and listen to what Phineas does in, in Numbers chapter 25 verse 7 through 13 we need to deal with evil when Phineas the son of Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest saw it he rose and left the congregation and took a spear in his hand and went after the man 
of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them and the man of Israel and the woman through, their be through her belly. Thus the plague on the people of Israel was stopped. Nevertheless, those who died by the plague were 24,000. And the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest has turned back my wrath from the people of Israel and that he was jealous with my jealousy among them so that I did not consume the people of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say I behold, give to him a covenant of peace and it shall be to him and to his descendants after him, after him the covenant of perpetual priesthood because he was jealous for the God, jealous for his God and made atonement for the people of Israel. I want you to get this. He makes atonement by doing what? Grabbing a spear and sticking it through the man and the woman, the foreigner that should have never been brought into the camp. And how many people died because of this evil? 24,000. 24,000 people. And that's what sin does is sin impacts many. It just doesn't impact you. So when you backslide, when you fall, when you fall into this deep sin and you allow evil back into your life and you go back to the old life, you actually, it, it, it's, I've, I've said it many times before, it's like if I took a big rock and I dropped it in the water, what happens? You have ripples and that's what sin does. It, it, that's what it does and it needs to be dealt with first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 6 through 13 says now these things took place as an example as as examples for the, for us that we might not desire evil as they did do not be idolaters as some of them as it was written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play we must not indulge in sexual morality as some of them did and, 20, and, and 23,000 uh, fell in a single day. Uh, we must not put Christ to the test, as some of, of them did, as we were destroyed by serpents, not, nor grumble, as some of them did, as they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as, as an example, but they were written down for our instruction, of whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands, take heed lest he fall. Okay? It was written down to help you. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. It was written down and given to you to help you. To help me. So we don't go do those things. So El Yashib and the, and the high priest. He had a blind spot. And it reminds me of the priest in Malachi. In Malachi chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. It says and now O priest. This command is for you. If you will not listen. If you will not take it to heart. To give honor to my name. Says the Lord of hosts. And I will send the curse upon you. And I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you did not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring and spread dung on your faces and, and the dung of your offering shall be taken away with it. They were, they were, they, they were despising and, and, and 
the ministry had become a job. And, and that the things that they were doing was displeasing God. And it wasn't bringing glory to God. And that can happen in the church today too. Just like Sheep had this blind spot. Man, what you need is a Nehemiah. Because a Nehemiah sometimes can... If I have a blind spot, I don't know what it is. My wife can tell me. My wife will let me know. Sometimes it's my kids. Sometimes it's a brother in Christ. You need those Nehemiahs in your life. Those Nehemiahs will say, Hey man, you need to be careful of this. Or hey, you're, you're, you're pushing, you're working so hard and you're, I know you got to be tired. Just be careful. You know, make sure you're, you're at the feet of Jesus and being refilled. I had brothers that would tell me that and, and I needed that. You know, they, they were concerned about me because those were blind spots. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. <laughs> that verse was one of the first verses my pastor gave me when I was talking. I had some stuff going on in my life, and it was like, Hey Mike, you, you know, you sowed into this thing, There's, you're going to reap the, 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 the sin. You know, even though you've given your life to Jesus Christ, what you sown into, for instance, let's say you did something that was illegal and you had to go to court and you may have to do probation or jail time. You, you're a follower of Jesus. You've been forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your debt has been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ because you repented. But you still have to reap what you sowed into. You may have to go to jail. You may have to do probation. Yeah, that's part of it. Verse 8 says, And I was very angry, and I threw out all the household furniture of Tobiah out of the chamber. And sometimes rearranging is not just enough. Sometimes God needs to chunk stuff out of your heart. Those chambers in your heart that you've allowed Tobiah in, God's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empty house. I'm going to start throwing stuff away. And, and any of us who grew up with moms who, who got tired of our rooms being dirty, his mom would just come in and start throwing stuff away. It would teach you, man, I need to keep that room clean. Right? But one of the things I love is he, Tobiah, is, is, all his stuff is being thrown out. And Je Jesus cleansed the temple as well of evil. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 13, And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of the, those who sold pigeons. He said to them, as written, my house shall be, uh, shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. So it has to be taken care of. For us, our temple, you know, as, you know, as Nehemiah is dealing with throwing the things out of the chamber of the temple, uh, our temple is our body. The Holy Spirit resides in us when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. And so we need to, that's why I said, is there something that needs to come out of the chamber of your heart that Tobias allowed in? You know, you've got, you've got some Tobias in there and they need to be thrown out. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. What needs to be uprooted? Right? 
Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 20. And he called the people to him, and he said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came to him and said, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he said, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Right? And it goes on to say, Let them, uh, let them alone. They are blind guides. If, they're blind, if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. I love Peter because he's asking, I don't understand this. And Jesus goes on and he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes, in, uh, passes into the stomach and is expelled? But whatever comes from out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And, is, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. And there are what, uh, there are what defile the person. But, uh, but uh, to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And so one of the things we see is we see that it's the heart. And he, he, he's going to empty the chamber. And then he, after he throws everything out, in verse 9 he says, Then I gave orders, and they cleansed the chambers. And I brought back the vessels of the house of God with the grain offering, the frankincense. And I also found out that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them so that the Levites and the singers who did the work had fled each uh, to his field. And so one of the things he does is he cleanses the chamber. He purifies it. And for us to be purified, to cleanse, as we throw those things out, as we repent and say, God, remove that from my heart. Right? One of the things we're doing is we're asking Christ to fill us with the Holy Spirit. Because see, what happens is when we allow those things of evil, those things that defile us, uh, you're allowing the things of the flesh to fill your heart. And, and, and it hinders your relationship with walking with Christ. It, it, it creates distance. And before you know it, you're, you're in a place where you're not moving anymore because the sin has you stuck. And, and all we have to do is cleanse and purify and ask for forgiveness and repent and 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 we want to be filled with the holy spirit we want to be uh, walking in a relationship with jesus christ one of the things i always say is like you can't have a relationship once a month with somebody and it'd be a strong relationship you can't have a relationship once a week with somebody and it'd be a strong relationship uh, my relationship with my wife over 35 years has been a blessing because it is a continual relationship that is worked on daily. Daily. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and 9 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, uh, and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen and practiced these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I love what he says. He says, and, and whatever is pure. Man, we all struggle with purity. And, and a lot of it, it can just be by you having your TV on. 
There's commercials where I'm just like, oh my lord. You know? Just remove that from, from, don't let that take root. And, you know, because those are the things you want God to uproot. Right? In verse 9 it says, And I gave orders, and they cleansed the chambers, and I brought back the vessels of the house of God. And so now he's going to start bringing everything back in. But he goes out, and I love this, and I also found out that the portions of the Levites, in verse 10, had not been given to them, so that the Levites and the singers who did the work had fled each to his field. Well, why did the Levites go to the field? They had to eat. They had to eat, so they're working the fields. So this again shows you when sin and backsliding and evil enter into a person's life, it not only impacted the high priest, Elisheb, but also impacted the Levites and the singers and the temple worship. It, it, it impacted so many others. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, it tells us what the Levites are supposed to do. It says, At the time of the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord to minister to him and to bless his name to this day. Therefore, Levi has no portion of inheritance with his brother. The Lord is his inheritance, and the Lord your God said to him. I love that he said, they're set apart, and so are you. You're set apart. As a follower of Christ, you've been set apart. But they, they had to go out and start farming, or else they wouldn't eat. The tides had stopped coming in, because there's no place to storm, because Tobiah was in the, in the storehouse. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 1 and 2 says the Levitical priest all the tribe of Levi shall have no portion of inheritance with Israel they shall eat the Lord's food offerings as their inheritance they shall have no inheritance among their brothers the Lord is their inheritance as he promised them so now Nehemiah is going to confront them right he, he says in, in verse 11 I, so I confronted the officials and said why is the house of God forsaken and I gathered them together and set them in their stations so this is what I love about Nehemiah this is why you need a Nehemiah in your life Nehemiah was like hey this is wrong and we got to fix this now the house of God is being forsaken where were the people didn't you sign the covenant didn't you sign the covenant we need you back on your station and, and that's what he's going to do and the high priest was supposed to be doing this, but he was compromised. So Nehemiah is going to put everybody back in their post. And it makes you wonder, all these people that signed this covenant, where were they at? They just allowed this. Did Tobiah have that much influence in the city? You know, it's sad. But we have to stand up. Because we see how sin impacts. I mean, you have to sometimes stand up and say, this is wrong. And that's not an easy thing to do. Because anyone can point out something that's wrong. But give me someone who has an idea how to make it right. Right? Man, you can do anything and you can point out. Like, trust me, when you put on a BBS, a Vacation Bible School... Everybody has an opinion about the decorations. Everybody has an opinion about where things are supposed to go, right? 
but one of the things that we want to do is like hey let's 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 have somebody who has the idea to let's get it right let's let's set it up the the way it needs to be set up and that's the same thing for us i mean we we're we're called to be a loyal faith faithful uh servant of god and you can't leave your post they were they had forsaken the house of god and that's, I think, the sad part about all of that. First Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 says, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required that stewards, that they be found faithful. You're not a part-time servant. You're a full-time servant in Christ. The Son of Man came to what? Not to serve, right? He came to serve, not to what? Be served. So he came to serve, not to be served. I always, that's my brain, I apologize. But the thing is, is when we become a follower of Christ, it's not part-time. It's not just on Sunday. It's not just on Wednesday. It's something that I, I, I am a follower of Christ 24 hours a day. I belong to him. I, I belong to him. And I belong, I, I'm under his authority. And I need to be faithful to my Lord. All right? That's just something we need to think about. Uh, verse 12 says, Then all of Judah brought the tithe of the grain, wine, and the oil into the storehouses. So now all the tithe is coming back. And I appointed as treasurers over the storehouse Shemaliah, uh, the priest, Zadok, the scribe, and Padiah the, of the Levites, and, and as their assistant Hanan, the son of Zakor, the son of Mataniah, uh, for they were considered reliable, and their duty was to distribute to their, uh, the, to their brothers. And I love that because you, the, uh, some of these names we remember. And it's important for us to, uh, Nehemiah goes, hey, I'm going to get that faithful servant. Give me that faithful servant. Give me that faithful servant. You can keep that high priest over there until he gets his stuff together. Right? We got to get the things of God going again. Because what was being done here was evil. Right? And then I love verse 14. It says, Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for his service. And I love this because Nehemiah is saying, Lord, just remember me. Just remember me. And, and as we read these verses, he's been remembered. We're still teaching this today. He's been remembered. He's remembered as a faithful leader of God who feared God over everything his reverence for God and, and what a great leader he was but he says remember me oh God I love that because it's 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 oh my God it's like oh my God remember me I need you and Psalm 12 verse 1 it says help Lord for the godly man ceases, for the faithful man disappear from among the sons of, of the man, of men. Help. Help. Remember me, O God. Remember what the thief said on the cross in, in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 and 43. It says, and he said to Jesus, remember me. Remember me. When you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly... I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Nehemiah wasn't asking to be remembered for the work that he did. Nehemiah was asking just, Lord, remember, remember me 
Uh, that's the same thing we should be thinking too is remember me uh, have my name written in the book of life remember me uh, uh, remember that I feared God over man remember me that I was a man that served with humility and I called evil what was evil and I stood for what was right in the word of God I stood for the truth James chapter 4 verses 6 through 10 says but he gave he gives more grace therefore it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble submit yourselves therefore do uh, to God resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to God and he will draw near to you cleanse your cleanse your hands your you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and joy uh, to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and He will exalt you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. So what's our application? And we only went through part one of chapter 13. The first 14 verses, I'll get that out. The first 14 verses of Nehemiah 13. And what's our application? The first one. Do you have a Nehemiah in your life that would share truth with you if you fall into trouble? That would let you know if you have a blind spot? We need Nehemiahs in our lives. We need Nehemiahs in our life. You don't need the Tobias in your life. You don't need the Elishibs in your life, the high priest that's compromised, that Christian that's playing Christian but living for the world. You don't need that. You don't need the Tobias that's not even following. You need the, you need the Nehemiahs in your life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5 says, Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Remember, remember. I love what he says. Remember what you did at first. Remember I said 10 years ago, where were you at in your walk? Something between you and God. Remember, you want to put into practice that, that our life is aligned with the Word of God, that we live it out practically. That's, that's one of the things that we need to do. We need those Nehemiahs in our lives. Is there something that needs to be, this is the second application, is there something that needs to be cast out of the temple? Or as a compromise, or are, are a compromise that you've allowed in your life? So, uh, Tobiah was in the temple, in the chamber. Is there a chamber of your heart that Tobiah is in, uh, that God needs to purify and cleanse out? Remember, we're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not called to be filled with our flesh, not called to be filled to be self-righteous, to be prideful, not called to, to enforce the things of the culture or the world, not our own ideologies. We're called to walk with Christ. We're called to love and show grace and mercy. We're called to be filled with the Spirit, to be in a pursuit of, uh, of to be holy, in a pursuit of righteousness. To be pure. And, and you know, so many of us have allowed those things in our life of compromise that have allowed that sin in our life and, and, 
it impacts so many and it impacts you it impacts your walk and so if that's you and you need to you need to ask god to cleanse some of those things in your heart then you need to do that tonight and the last bit of application have you forsaken the house of god have you forsaken the house of god what i mean by that is you know church is here for many reasons right we come, we, we, we're fed uh, the Word, we're, we're, we're ushered into worship in the Word, uh, we, we spend time, I'll, I'll, people, you know, this is a big church here, you know, we're a small church, uh, but I, one of the things I love is when you'll see people after service praying, or you'll see people, you know, talking and maybe even somebody crying and they just, you know, somebody comforting them. Uh, that's, that's what church is about, but you can't do that from your couch. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, have we neglected the, 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 the house of God? I mean, it's, uh, church is, you know, there's a, it's a business. Lights have to be on, air conditionings have to be on, you know, nobody wants to sit in a hot church, right? But, you know, those things, they had neglected even the tides. They had neglected the, uh, the work of the Lord and, and so the ministry wasn't going on and so if there's something in your life that needs correction right where you have forsaken the house of God that's between you and God and I'll read to you Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 it says and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We encourage each other. We build each other up. We hold each other accountable. We have those Nehemiahs that will tell us, hey, we got that blind spot, right? That's what, that's what church is. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. We're, we're an imperfect church with imperfect people. Uh, the moment that you walk into the church, the church is no longer perfect, if you think that. Uh, because we're, we're, we're sinners and we need a savior and uh, at the end of the day one of the things I love is we have Jesus we have the ability and the power to be filled with the Holy Spirit to, to be guided and directed by the Holy Spirit to live and walk in a relationship with the Lord and, and it takes a, a purifying a cleansing of our heart daily daily and I pray, if you don't have a Nehemiah in your life, I pray that God will provide one for you. And, uh, and at the end of the day, if, if you're a woman and you're going, well, Nehemiah, well, how about a Ruth, right? You need somebody that's going to walk away from all those things and walk to God and live for the Lord. It's, you need those kind of people around you. You don't need the Eliashibs and the, and the Tobias, that's for sure. So let's go ahead and close out in prayer. I hope uh, that you had a wonderful time this evening. Remember, next Wednesday night we'll be back at the church, back uh, in-person service. Uh, and, and so VBS, if you can continue to pray for Vacation Bible School as it will continue tonight, as it will continue Thursday, Friday. Uh, and, and not just that. What happens beyond that is a lot of times, and this is what's been beautiful, is I think my wife was telling me uh, that people have been inviting and and more kids are coming and that's an awesome thing because at the end of the day 
end of the day, it's, that's what's supposed to happen with church. We're supposed to invite people to church. And we're supposed to have faith like a child. When you see the, the video of the kids worshiping God, and, and, and I've seen some videos from uh, some of the BBSs going on in, in Divine, which has been beautiful as well. It's amazing the work that God's doing in the churches and divine. And we, we, we pray for that. Because we're supposed to have faith like a child. They worship. They come in. They dance. They sing. They, they're eager to be in the word. They're eager to do the crafts. They're eager to play the games. And they don't want to leave. But the prayer that I'm asking you to pray is those kids that are here on Friday, some of them will only come Monday through Friday. But because they are so zealous the way Phineas was, right? Zealous for God. They were so zealous. That's what happened with our son. He was so zealous. We were like, we need to, we need to have what he's having. We need to find out why he's so excited about Christ. And, and man, they'll, and they'll come to church on Sunday. That's the prayer. You know, that that child will not only tell his and his tío will tell his uh, his grandmother I won't go to I, I was going to say abuelita I won't I usually don't say him right but he will go and tell his family and his friends about Jesus that's the beauty of BBS it's an outreach and and so pray for all the BBSs going on in Divine and Lytle and in Hondo uh, throughout the churches uh, in San Antonio as well uh, that we would see just this generation be revived. These young kids be the future of the church. And so that's, that's the prayer. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for uh, this, this ability to be able to come to you even online as we have BBS going on. We thank you for, uh, for the opportunities that you've given us. We pray and we ask, Lord, that you just continue to guide and direct our lives uh, Lord, send us those Nehemiahs in our lives. Uh, send us those roofs in our lives, those that uh, live for you, that fear you, that have reverence for you, that, that would be truthful and loving and, and would point out evil, point out sin. Uh, we pray for that, Lord. We thank you so much for everything that you're doing here at Calvary Chapel Divine. We do pray uh, for Sunday service. We pray that, uh, that you would just be uh, ready to go and uh, we we thank you so much for all that you're doing and we just ask these things in jesus name amen thank you so much that was pastor michael petit from calvary divine texas remember if you need to get more information on the church you can do that at calvarydivine.org god bless